What a blessing to be together in, in the church in Jesus' name. We realize there's so many that are still under uh, COVID care and caution, and we ought to uh, encourage that and maintain that in our own lives. Uh, please let everybody know that don't feel comfortable coming. That's okay. That's okay. Don't let them feel guilty at all about it. Um, the Lord will bless, and He is blessing us in spite of our distancing. Uh, I feel like there's a greater calling to be closer to God than we've ever had before. So let's continue to press on to that. But I do thank you that are here, and we pray that God would bless us. I want to tell all the fathers, uh, happy Father's Day. It's a very special day, and uh, may the Lord bless us all together to be here and rejoice together in Jesus' name. Sister Jane, it's good to see you back. We've been thinking about you and your family a lot as well. So many others, uh, I thank you for praying for the church family and the prayer list and all that you do as a church congregation. You've been so faithful over these times, not only in praying uh, for others and encouraging others, but for your contributions. Uh, it was amazing to me in one of the recent deacons meetings to uh, have our financials read and our treasurer tell us that this church, the contributions as a whole from the church, is really not very much from when we're all together. Now that, that is amazing to me. It really is. And it's a testimony of you, people of God, that are faithful in your giving to God and all that you do. I just appreciate that. And I know God is honored and I just want to encourage you in every way. But thank you for your prayers again for those that are hurting and those that have dealt with surgery. Uh, Brother Gerald Whitaker had a heart calf this past week, had a stent, but but he's doing well. One stint at 92 years old is not too bad, is it? Just had one blockage, and so he was thankful to be home, and thank you for praying for him as well. So may the Lord bless us as we gather now in Jesus' name and ask him to bless us with his Holy Spirit as we endeavor to worship him today. Would you bow with me for a prayer? Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we come into your holy house and ask you to bless us one more time in Jesus' name. We do understand, Lord, it's not these walls nor these stained glass windows. What it is, Lord, is a people that have understood their guilt of sin, have understood the merits of a priceless salvation, unmerited favor from a God who does love us so much, that have come, Lord, to sit together in this place, a heavenly place, apart from the world and all the turmoil of it, to tell you, Lord, that we do appreciate what you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, for protecting us and for your righteous ways that you go about giving us all that we really need. You've made us more aware, Lord, of our need of you than we could ever imagine before all this came about. We know that we depend on you. We pray, Lord, that we'll never forget that your day is a holy day, that we'll never forget, Lord, that it doesn't matter how we live our lives in the context of children that have been forgiven, that have an eternal inheritance in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for bearing with us in your patience and glory, knowing, Lord, we often fail you and stray away. But you brought us together here, Lord, and I do pray that you'd bless us. We call this Father's Day, and I pray especially that your Holy Spirit would speak to all of us fathers. Give us, Lord, a greater commitment, a greater uh, passion for the calling that you've given us. And help us, O oh Lord, to be better at it and to even pattern that fatherhood you've given us after your perfect one. Accept our thanks, O oh Heavenly Father, for all the blessings you give us. 
Bless this church congregation, both that are sitting here and that are waiting in different places. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you please turn with me this morning to Psalm Division 103, the 103rd Psalm. It's a wonderful place in Scripture. Though there's no bad places that I know of, this is a very special part of God's Word. I guess that it starts off so profoundly wonderful where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. I'm not going to deal so much with that. There's so much preaching in this psalm, so little time. So I want to deal with it. I want to go kind of in the middle of it. I gave my text verses as verse 13 and 14, but I actually want to use, um, start verse 8. Kind of sets the tone or the context of what I want to try to say. Would you read there with me? Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. I've entitled what I want to try to say this morning, uh, Father's Frame, Father's Frame. I remember uh, in my mind, I can tell you what my daddy how he walked. I just have a vision. He had a certain walk. I bet you know of your father in the same way. I remember seeing him in the yard or in the farm or under the shelter working on something. I remember how he walked. I tell you, these, these kind of messages, Father's Day is always very, very emotional for me, and I'm really not an emotional kind of guy. I ought to be a lot more sensitive. I know I think I'm so hard-hearted sometimes, it's purely shameful, but it really does. I think being a father is one of the greatest callings a man can have. And to me, I, I, I wonder, you know, I've been so inadequate in my fatherhood in so many places. I'm, I'm sure not perfect. I'm not. But I've had the privilege to bring up some little girls, and maybe I wasn't their natural father, but it's been one of the greatest blessings of our lives. Um, there's so much to be said in that, I really do, and it really paints something for me, a framework of life that is fatherhood. And, and I'm not speaking anything that you guys, all you here, don't feel, I believe. And I just have learned you in the church coming up here, being here a few years with you. I've seen such uh, love and devotion as fathers. And you know, that's what we need. The world today needs that more than anything. I think the the evidence we see of the turmoil, of the brokenness, of the division in our nation 
is nothing more than the results of the fathers not being where they needed to be. I really believe that. I believe that fathers have such a profound influence. That's what God has, that's how he arranged it. So I think it's of utmost importance that we see this as his father. So a frame of the father, I pray that God would use it. Uh, you as, a, as all the men and well, all of us, I pray that this message would be for all of us to be thankful. First of all, that God is our heavenly father. And that what he's done to make that so and provide for us so much like he does. Because that's what a father does. A father provides. And God will always provide for us. You know, the Lord loves his children as a father. We see this in this verse. And he has a pity for us. Now, pity doesn't do much for our pride. But I really believe if we knew what we didn't know, we would, we would surely... Understand, we need God's pity. Well, we have it. And it's a great blessing. And it's present tense. It goes on. We need it right now. I need it when I preach. You need it when you live. We, we, need, we need it. And so, you know, when I think about, I mentioned my daddy a while ago, and I remember him telling me, he wasn't really a church man, really, or a Christian man, so to speak. But he told me something in his latter years one time, I haven't forgotten, and he said, Randy says, the, when you get older, it'll come to be that what matters most to you in your life is your children. And I can see that as I get older. I, I know that you guys will relate to that as we get older. We're concerned. I know in the world today, I think about my children and grandchildren more than I've ever had before. And wondering what kind of world they're coming up in. And I know that the comfort that we have from that is understanding that we have a heavenly father, that he's going to be there for them as he is for us. And so I pray that God would help us as we look at these verses. I want you to think about three things with me as we look at these verses. Number one is the context of these verses and really the frame of a father is forgiveness, is forgiveness. That's the context of it all. That's why I want to read these verses preceding the one that I wanted to use for my text. The, the other, the second thing I want you to think about with me is, is the message of a father's frame is feelings, is feelings. Now we've got to understand that God has feelings. It says this in this verse. It's, it doesn't affect his blessedness. He, he doesn't have the imperfect feelings like we do. He's not given over to emotionalism, but he does have feelings. You know, I've told you before, and I believe this with all my heart, that God will hurt you. But I want you to understand something. He hurts too. He hurts right along with us. Because he's a father that has feelings. He's a father that has pity on us. And then, and then thirdly, the application of what I want to try to say is really straightforward from this verse and really for all our lives. And that is the fear of God. Now, I don't have to tell you, we're living in a world that is vastly becoming just anything but God-fearing. You know, we need more of fear of God. Now, I know that God has to do that. But the fear of God is where it all begins. And really where it all ends. The fear of God. Now, I'm talking about reverential fear. I'm talking about having respect 
for God, having a, a feeling of, of awe, a feeling of, of submission. And, and all of God's word, you know, he, he starts his people off out of bondage. Um, and he brings them to the promised land. And Deuteronomy 6 is just a, a catalog of verses. And God says now, I want you to keep my commandments. I want you to keep my words because I want you to fear me. See, God gives us his word not so that, you know, he'll, he'll make us do something and see if we're going to jump through the hoops. No, because he knows what we need. That's how a father is. A father loves us so much and he knows his word is important. You see, God's not going to let us just be without rule, but, but to come with that comes fear, comes of respect. And God tells us in that chapter in Deuteronomy, now, now if you forget that, then I'll destroy you. That's what God says. And, and I realize as we come into this world, we're not, we're not of the world, but we're in the world. We are. And this is the greatest opportunity we have as Christians to acknowledge the frame of a father, both of our heavenly father and of, of what we need to do in our lives as fathers as people of God. Now, first of all, notice forgiveness. The frame of a father is forgiveness. Notice the, the merit here of the frame of our heavenly father. He's merciful. That's what he is. He says he's gracious. He says he's slow to anger. And he's got lots of mercy. He will not keep his anger forever. He says that is, is, the heaven is high above the earth, so great is the mercy toward them that fear him. It's not going to be an earthly thing, this thing called forgiveness. It's not going to be something you can do without God. It's not. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit, and that's why he gives us the Holy Spirit. You see, God says that he pities us. He knows that we have a proneness to wander around. He knows how weak we are. He says he knows our frame. And so yet he provides for us. See, that's what a father does. A father provides everything we need. And be sure we do need forgiveness. Every one of us in this room and every other room and in this world need forgiveness. And you know how that comes? It comes because a father gave his only begotten son, the only one that can meet the criteria of a holy, righteous God, Jesus Christ. God gave his only begotten son, and that only begotten son hung on the cross of Calvary for you. And you know what he said? You know his first words on the cross when he was suffering and dying for us? He said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. I say to every father in this room, every man in this room in particular, if there's somebody in you, your life you need to forgive, you ask God to give you grace to do it. Especially if that's a child. A father does not slam the door on a child no matter what they do. Doesn't mean you don't discipline and love. But it does mean you keep on loving them. That's what forgiveness is about. You know a little child, a little child learning to tie their shoe. They're not going to get it right the first time. What are you going to do? You're going to put them in time out? You're going to scold them because they can't tie their shoe? 
You know what? How many times did it take to potty train a child? 500, 1,000, whatever it takes. You know what God says to do about forgiveness? You know, the disciples question that. Well, how many times, God? Seven? <laughs> Jesus said seven times 70. What he means there, there's no limit on it. You forgive. And you do it because that's the frame of your heavenly Father, and that's what God has nurtured us because we all have been forgiven. And so you say, you know, for fathers, I think one of the greatest parts of having a happy marriage at home life is forgiveness. Because if you're having, having bitterness in your heart, there's people that you can't forgive. It affects you, it affects your family. And I know, I know, I know, I know one thing. I know when I, I try not to do it much anymore. You start looking at the news today and you see some of the things going on in this nation I mean, what, I get, I get kind of angry. I get, I get this randy stuff coming out in me, and it's not good. But I have to remember what God says. See, we're not of this world. I mean, Satan is having a heyday. See, see, he likes this stuff about division. He likes this stuff about hatred. But, but we need to understand that God is a forgiving God. And we need to be forgiving. I know you've probably already read this, but I'm going to read it again. It's just that powerful. You know, last week, there was a horrific murder right here in Statesboro, Georgia. A 16-year-old girl was shot from another car, just road rage, that's all. Her parents in a local town, this was in the Statesboro Herald, I'm not exposing something that shouldn't be. You might have already read it. But it, it was profound to me. You're talking about forgiveness? I want to li listen to it. The, the person that did the shooting fled. And they was a cry through law enforcement and others for him to turn himself in. But this is the message that this, these parents sent in public to this guy, whoever he was, wherever he was. And I'm going to tell you, when I read this, I have to look at my own self and say, I don't know if Randy Waters could have done this or not if it had been one of my girls. But that's what God can do. This is a frame of a father because that's who it was written from. It says, we want justice, the article said, but as Christians, we look at this a little bit different than what most people do. You hear that? We see purpose he said, there was no accident that your bullet struck our child. Now, he's writing this to get the attention of whoever the shooter was. There was no accident that your bullet, bullet struck our child. Out of anybody it could have hit, it hit ours, our family. We believe that was strategic. And if you're listening today by camera, news, whatever we don't believe, or news, we don't believe in any accidents in our home. We believe things are divine. We believe it hit our family so that you could experience what true mercy and forgiveness is in your life. When your bullet struck our child, it struck the heart of this family, and it couldn't have hit a more merciful family. We pray that the Lord that we serve 
that he will put such conviction on you that you can't sleep at night till you make that call that you will put this part behind you and maybe turn your life around. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's forgiveness. That's, that's the frame of a father. Now, how does that happen? It happens only by the Holy Spirit. See, we're not to be like the world. We're not to come up and say, well, you know, this is how I feel about it. No, we're to be forgiven. We're to understand that God has to pity us. We need pitying. And we need to admit that we do. Even in our best state, no matter how much you think you know or what you have, we need pitying. When we think we're the smartest, is when God sees us the most foolish most of the time. We need to be able to get down on our knees and cry out to God as a little child because that is the prayers that God hears, that of a little child. You know, one day this week, Sarah, and we had the opportunity for little Jackson, little grandson, and he's just learning to crawl. And so I wanted to see him crawl. So what did I do? I didn't just put him on the floor. I said, all right, boy, get at it. You know what I did? I put him on the floor and I got down there with him. Now, I can still get on the floor. It just takes me longer to get up. But I got down there with him, and I got there with him just eye to eye with that little boy. And I, I put a little block or something out, and I watched him get at it, just crawling. And you know what? That's what God does to us. He pities us. He loves us so much. And then we need to see this. He says, as a father, he says, these sins that you commit. He says, I, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't think about them. You might think about them, but God doesn't. Because I want you to know when God says that he puts our sins as far from us as the east is from the west, then if you ever start going east, you'll never go west. You hear me? Now you can start going north, and after a while, you're going to start going south. But when you start going east, you'll never go west. God says, I'm going to remember them no more. And so we have this tendency, we've got to remember every little thing that's been done wrong. And you're going to be wrong. And you're going to be wrong. And you're not going to understand your Heavenly Father's work. But I'm going to tell you, He is perfect. He loves you. So first of all, the frame of a father is forgiveness. Secondly, feelings. We have a God that has feelings. Holy feelings. Yet feelings that shows empathy for weaklings, pitiable people like we are. God does. And he says that. Notice, he says, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. So the feeling that God has, God hurts. It grieves the Holy Spirit when we sin, okay? 
But there's no greater sin, I don't believe, than just denying God and having no fear of Him. No respect for God, nor His Word, or anything He says. It's not like that we're, we're to crawl around or try to get good enough. It's that God is our Father, and we are His child, and He knows we are stumbling around. He knows that we don't know anything. He knows that when I preach to people like you, that every sermon I preach has enough sin in it to send me to hell. He knows, and I like what the Puritan says, that even the tears of our repentance have to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. That is God. And He knows it. So let's stop just pitting a patting around thinking we got to do this and do that. Let's fall before him as little children. And we need to treat others as little children. I'm going to tell you one thing. There's not a father in here. You start messing with their children. You're going to have, a, you're going to have trouble. I'm going to tell you how God is. You want to know the shortest road to hell? You mess with one of his little children. You know what Jesus said that? Jesus said it would be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck than for you to offend one of these little ones. I tell you, friends, God's people are the apple of his eye. It may not look for it from the world. I'm going to tell you, God loves you. God has protected you. He is our father, and we as fathers hover around our children. He has feelings for us. I know Faith doesn't remember it. Where's Faith? There she is. When Faith was just a little thing coming to our house, she wanted a chicken pen. We were going to get some chickens. And she kept asking me, Granddaddy, when are we going to get the chickens? I said, where are we going to get them? And I remember one day, we was walking outside, and she said, Granddaddy, I'll help you build that chicken pen. Now, she was about this high. Now, what help could she be to me, really? I mean, about like me helping God win a soul to salvation. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's how pitiful it really is. I mean, we think we've got to be a church, and we've got to do this, that, and the other, have this program and that, and we've got to have this kind of music. I'm going to tell you. You know, we think that God doesn't love us. We can't pray in public. Oh, we got to know all this doctrine. We've got to understand predestination and election. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, my friend, that's not God. That's not the frame of this Father. You know, I remember I got that chicken wire together, and me and Faith got out there. I mean, no offense, baby. You, you probably held me up more than helped me. <laughs> But looking back, I would take nothing for the experience of her being there. You hear what I'm saying? See, God knows that. He has feelings for us. That's why he says, don't quench the spirit. Jesus wept. So feelings are important. God has them. I want you to know that. He feels them. You tell God how you feel. You ever done that? I mean, just tell him how you feel. I mean, if you don't feel right, you tell him that. God, I don't feel right about this. I know I shouldn't think like this. God, you help me, please. I, I, you know my feelings. Anyway, just tell him. 
You know what First Peter, I think it's 5, 7. He says, cast your care upon him for he careth for you. Yes, God does have feelings. He knows it. All about it. Psalms 58 verse 8, you know what it says? David said, has thou not kept all my tears in a bottle? Or not all my tears written in a book? Did you know that God keeps up with all your tears? Now he forgives your sin, but he keeps up with your tears. Because God wants to know how you feel. You tell Jesus how you feel. God knows when your heart is broken. He told Israel, I heard you cry. I'm coming to get you. Okay, then lastly, fear of God. What does that mean? It's a filial fear. It's our Heavenly Father. Jesus Christ said on the Sermon on the Mount, He says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now I am so glad that Jesus didn't say, even as your God in heaven is perfect. Because see that immediately, for me, I see Him as our Filial, we are his children. And God says, now I want you to do right. I want you to live like I've told you to live. Every father sees that. And we need to understand that when we fear God, we will do that. If you really respect God and fear him, it's going to be the greatest monitor of your life. You know the greatest Father's Day gift you kids can give your fathers? Or maybe fathers that's gone, gone on. Fear God. Keep his commandments. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14 says, all the vanity the preacher went through, all the things in life the king had, all the women, all the pleasures, he did nothing. He said, here's the conclusion of the whole matter. But you fear God and keep his commandments. And you say, well, I can't do that. But Jesus did it for you. You hear me? (laughs) You respect that. You understand that. So you fear God in this sense that we can have joy fearing God. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I hope it does. Does it me? Because here's what I found, and I want you to find it. Probably most of you have. You know how we know if we're growing in God? If we're growing in God, we're going to have a greater fear for God. Because we're going to see just how much God loves us. Now, if you want to pray, you want to deal with this, you really want to serious about being a disciple of Christ and of following Jesus and denying yourself, you do this. You say, God, show me your love more. And I'm going to tell you what God will do. I know this for sure. He will show you your guilt. He will show you what a sinner you really are. No, it might not be a particular sin, but it will be the wretchedness, wickedness of your heart apart from his grace. 
God does not just put words in his book. When he says in Jeremiah, the heart of man is desperately wicked, deceitful above all things. Who can know it? See, you got some of that in your heart. Me too. I do too. And so that makes me love God more because I know what God has had to do to me or what he's going to have to do. See, that makes you love him more. You know, it's almost like we take John 3.16, it's just a, oh, that casual, everybody say verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should never have everlasting life. And that is a sweet verse. But, but I mean, it's almost like there's no feeling in it. There's no awe in it. See, because if you got awe in something, that means that, that you understand there's judgment, there's veneration, there's, 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 a, there's a power there that's far beyond you. It's like, it's like when you see a tornado or maybe sit on your porch during a thunderstorm and lightning and cracking and wind and, and you get this feeling and God spares you from the storm and then your mind is focused on God rather than the storm, then you see all. You see? Now when I get home in a few minutes, after I eat my vegetables and meat, my wife, I've already smelled it cooking, makes a blueberry, I don't know what you call it, but man, that thing's good. It will make honey's blueberry cheesecake about like a box of Cracker Jacks. Okay? I mean, I know it's good. I've had it before. And I'm going to get some of it. But, but here, I'm not going to put it up there and I'm, I'm going to tell Penny, I said, Penny, you know, this is awesome. See, that ice cream sundae, you can't describe something like that. It's not awesome. You see, we get that confused sometimes. God is awesome. Now, I'm going to enjoy that blueberry. But it's not awesome because I don't fear it. And the thing about God is when we, when we leave this, I want you to understand this, fearing God is like a bridle, you, you, you see. It's a bridle, and sometimes I think we don't have bridles anymore in the world. And the reason we don't have bridles is there's no fear of God. There's no fear of anything. And God says that in Romans 3.18, he's talking about people that have been left, that God has not given his spirit to yet. He said there's no fear of God before their eyes. None. <laughs> May the Lord help us. To see the frame of a father. I'm going to tell you, as a father, I want my kids to fear God more than anything else. I mean, just have nowhere where, I can't go with them where they go. I can't. But if they fear God, that's all that matters. I don't want them to fear me necessarily. I, I, I guess they would respect for me, but you know, that you have to earn that. You know, respect. But God, but God has done it all. And so we need to, we need to see that. I want them to, to fear God. 
And that, that monitors, as I said, our life. I remember, in closing, I remember, it's been several years ago, a friend of mine um, had cancer, and he was, I think he was about my age, and he had two sons who at that time were in their early 20s. And I remember it was a fast kind of cancer, and I remember calling him one night on the phone. He lived in another town. And I said, you know, I, I just want you to know that we're praying for you and was thinking about you. And he, he shared this with me. He says, you know, Randy, he said, I appreciate everybody's prayers. I, I do. But he says, my sons called me the other day and told me something that brought me more comfort than anything I've heard, any prayer that's been prayed. I said, what was that? He said, they said, Daddy, I want you to know that we're praying for you. And we believe that God can heal you. But, I, but that, he, he said, they told him, he said, but I want you to know that, that if it's God's not will for him to heal you, and you die, I want you to know that we're going to be okay. You know what? That's, that's, that's a frame of a father. Because a father wants to know that you're okay. That's what I'm going to want to know when I leave this world. That's what you as children, that's what all of us need to be living. That's what God says. God knows that we're going to be okay. <laughs> because he's provided for us. And we need to respect that and love him with all our heart. And you know what I believe? And if we fear God, here's what's going to happen. Well, if we, if we enjoy God, if we really understand him as who he did and what he did for us, we're going to fear him. We're going to love him, and we're going to forgive others because we're going to love them. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to obey God. We're going to do it no matter what. It's going to mean something to us how we live our life. It doesn't mean we, you know, you say, well, I've done this and that. It doesn't mean that what matters is God is your father. See, that prodigal son didn't matter what he'd done. What matters, he was coming back to home. And that father met him, you remember? May the Lord bless you. It's a frame of a father. But it's a frame of foreverness. Of fearing God. Of forgiveness. Of feelings. May the Lord bless you. This is my prayer.